Advent and what it all was about and everything. Um, the only the fact is that I've been here about 43 years and I've had about 43 Christmases in this church and we've been done been doing Advent for such a long time. I, I, I went on a little journey and the little journey was to find out a little bit more about it and how does it fit in my life and how does it fit in within our church's life. So I started looking at it and as Martin said at the beginning, Advent is the beginning of expectation preparation, what we are preparing for is to celebrate the nativity uh, as we move forward. But it is also looking at the second coming. And that surprised me because I hadn't thought about it. But what we are doing right now is preparing to celebrate the nativity and then to start looking forward to the second coming. We are those in-betweeners, aren't we, really? Because one big prophecy has been fulfilled and the other one has not yet been fulfilled and we are waiting for it to be fulfilled and here is a season and it only happens in the western church that we celebrate advent bringing the two together right at the beginning is quite sort of bending your mind around all of that and getting yourself moving forward in that direction I had to do some more digging, and I started doing the digging, and I started looking at the candle. We lit a candle this morning, and it is called the Candle of Hope, and if Google is really correct, which is what I was doing going on Google, it is also called the Candle of Prophecy. Hope, prophecy. So what do you do when you're lighting a candle of prophecy, it leads on, and it led me to look at the prophecies about the birth of Christ. Do you know there are over 300 prophecies plus in the Bible, in the Old Testament, about the birth of Christ? So which is the most important one? Started looking at that one. Of course, the only one, the first one, is in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Right at the beginning, when things went wrong, God had a plan right there, went in there, and spoke to Satan directly, and he said to him, he will crush your head. You will have an immunity between the seed of the woman and your seed, her seed. And when I started focusing on the her, on the her part of the seed, it wasn't their seed, Adam and Eve. Her seed, right at the beginning, we have the begotten not made. This is the part of our creed. Right at the beginning, prophetically, God turns around and says... He will crush your head. Right there he says to Eve, her seed, the virgin birth, the plan was put in place right at the beginning. The virgin birth. So every other prophecy in scripture now adds to this basic first prophetic utterance that God gave right at the beginning in the Garden of Eden. 
Now, why I found was, what was this all going on about? You know, what happened? What was, what was the big thing about the Garden of Eden? The big thing about the Garden of Eden was that there was life in the Garden of Eden. There was joy in the Garden of Eden. There was joyous abundance in the Garden of Eden. There was great fellowship between, uh, in the Garden of Eden, and even a fig leaf couldn't come between them. Such intimacy, such love, such joy, and it all went wrong. Life changed into death. You will return to dust. Death was introduced. Joy and peace disappeared. Suffering and pain came. What happened next? Joyous abundance. You will toil. You will sweat. You will work hard. That became life. And then, of course, what happened was this happy, great fellowship broke down. Relationship problems, issues started. And we started hiding from each other, envy, jealousy. All of these things came into the Garden of Eden. And there and then the Lord God turned around and said to Satan, I will, or he will, and I find in the NIV that he is capital he, he will crush your head. He will put an end to all of that and he will bring all of this together and return the whole thing to love, joy, peace and goodwill to all who are in Christ, to all. The Christmas story itself. You'll be sending Christmas cards to everybody and it will say love, joy and peace and goodwill. What was destroyed has now been restored. And you know what I rejoice is at the fact that when John the Baptist, that great prophet, went out to prepare the way, he was preparing the hearts and minds of people who had become really weary because of death, pain and suffering, sweat, toil, broken relationships, and there it was, another prophecy was going to be fulfilled, Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. There in Luke chapter 4, it's clear when the Lord Jesus Christ, after having been tempted by Satan, went into the synagogue, opened it at 61 and said, okay guys, close it, it's been fulfilled. Job done. What rejoicing. He will crush his head. This is what we are preparing for. So in summary, when we look at Genesis, the prophecy and the promises, Satan will be destroyed. That was the prophetic word. That is the promise. Next thing, the promise and the prophecy is your salvation is put in place. So that happened. Then what happened, and this is what worries me, and this is what keeps me awake at night sometimes, the animosity between the church and Satan's people. You know, he turned around and said to those Pharisees, you're like your father, the Satan. You know, when they were questioning him, he did tell them. So you're doing your father's bid. So, you know, there are God's children, and there are Satan's children. 
the animosity. It is increasing. The persecution among for, uh, persecution for Christians is increasing around the world. You know this this era of this. You know I call it the the age of the Antichrist. You know the the persecution is increasing. That has been prophetically said right in Genesis. There will be animosity between her seed and your seed, she says. But all this is not where it ends. The Genesis prophecy is very, very clear that Christ on the cross will and has won the final victory. So therefore we rejoice. We rejoice. We have love, joy, peace and goodwill towards each other. So where do we go from here? And that is the, the second coming. The book of Revelations also frightens me. The terrible times that are going to come. And yet, we are those in-betweeners. Sorry, is it? I keep on moving away, do I? Sorry, guys. I should have put that. Should I stand here? Is it better? Okay. Is it better? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up anyway. But, you know... <laughs> <laughs> but you know, looking at at, at the the you know the, the, the second coming, who is preparing the way for the second coming? It is the church. It is you. You are the prophet. You have the good news. Love, joy, peace, and goodwill to all. We've lit a candle of hope. We know the victory has been won. We know the first prophecy in Isaiah 61, you know, all of that has come in. You know, I found really the, the baptism of Jesus really very exciting as well. Heaven opened up. Heaven was closed. It opened up. And the voice came, this is my beloved son. I'm really, really proud of him. He's here. We celebrate. We prepare we prepare ourselves for, for, to celebrate the nativity. We also, in the Western tradition, prepare for the second coming. Prepare the way. So what are you going to do this year? What are you going to do? You're going to prepare for Christmas. Of course, we're thinking about buying the turkey, the ham, and the sausages, and the, and, and, and the lot, and lists are being made about who we're going to send Christmas cards to, and who we're going to invite to dinner or not invite to dinner and as we all talk about who's going to sit next to who and you know we can't have this that and the other ladies and gentlemen let me urge you to become missional in your approach this Christmas that neighbor that friend that person who doesn't know Jesus Christ please please reach out to them it's your opportunity because you have love, joy, peace, hope. You have Isaiah 61 fulfilled. He fulfilled it for himself and his body else. We've got all of that. Yes, there are going to be tensions and there are going to be issues as you prepare, as we get ready for Christmas. Become missional. Because the second coming, and if you really, really read the book of Revelations, it's not going to be easy, is it? You know, there is that animosity. 
Genesis 3.15 tells us that. It will be there. But what do we have? He says, but I have given you the power of the Holy Spirit. He will be with you all the time. He will comfort you, guide you, and he will help you, and he will work with you. I give you that promise the Lord said to his disciples. You, church, have got the power of the Holy Spirit. It is our responsibility to prepare the way. Love, joy, peace, and goodwill has been given to us. Let us be like John the Baptist and prepare hearts and minds, for we do not know when the Lord will return. But what we know definitely is coming. So let us move forward in that direction. Prepare for Christmas, but prepare to be missional in our own little approach. Every little bit helps. You know what I like about that? I'm sure you've heard that little story about that um, um, a child at the seaside with, uh, where there was a wave brought in, a lot of cockles, and they were on, on the beach, and he picked up one and threw it back in the water, and some old man came along and said, but they, all the others are going to die, aren't they? And what did he say? But this one is saved. But this one is saved. You know, let's become missional. But this one is saved. Yes, they are. But this one is saved through one in back in the water. Let us celebrate Christmas. Let us prepare for that. Let us become missional. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the very first prophecy in Genesis. Lord, we stand before you in awe of you. For the minute that things went wrong, that very minute you put this plan in place. No second thought. You are almighty God. You are sovereign. Lord, I pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will empower us, each one of us, to prepare for Christmas and become missional. Take love, joy, peace, and good tidings, goodwill to those who do not know you. Help us, O Lord. Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, help us, Father God, for we ask this in Christ's name. Amen.